0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. If you liked our opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. In addition, if you're new, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with people all around the world at all different levels, because I don't think we can make sustainable change Without doing that, so maybe just maybe you can be our next guest. Please reach out to me at radio at alzheimersspeaks dot com, and we'll have a, we'll have a conversation. Before I introduce our guest, who I am just thrilled to have on, we are we are having um one of the renowned singers from The Voice with us today. I want to do a couple of shout outs. One is uh, to Alzheimer's Speaks itself. We've updated our website please check out alzheimerspeaks.com we have one whole section dedicated to free resources from the radio show to dementia chats and dementia in the arts dementia quick tips um, how to start a memory cafe or dementia friendly communities uh, the the purple angel and of course we also have information on dementia map a global resource directory which features 150 different categories that you can search. Not only that, but there's a calendar of events. There is a glossary of terms, because believe me, you don't know what you don't know when when this disease knocks on your door. And we also have some great blog entries there. So we would love you to participate if you are a large organization, a small organization, or even a person that doesn't think that you are a resource, like a family member For a person living with dementia, many of you have blogs and YouTube channels and support groups. Those need to be listed so more people can find you. So go to DementiaMap.com. And if you'd like a tour, I'd be more than glad to give you a personal tour of that. I also want to just announce, uh, finally, the launch of Betty the Bald Chicken Lessons in How to Care. This has been a keynote story of mine for years and people have requested it. Uh, be put into book form you can now get either hard copy or um, or soft copy uh, through Amazon Barnes and Noble if you want an autograph copy you can order one through through our site or you can go to Kirkhouse Publishing um, so uh, you know no limit in terms of of how to access us there but the the story of Betty the Bald Chicken is really about lessons in how to care And it's a children's book, but I think the kids are going to teach us adults a lot of great lessons in the process. It allows people um, not only dealing with dementia, but if they're being bullied or maybe they're going through a loss of a death or divorce, or there's so many situations in life where we don't feel like we fit in. Betty can help. Um, open up the conversation so please check that out we are going to hear from the um, adaptive equipment and caregiving corner and they're going to talk about the footbar walker which i think everybody needs to know about and uh, and then we'll be right back
2: adapt it.
0: Well, we are back and it is time to introduce you to our guest. We're going to talk about the magic of music. We're going to talk about the journey of having a parent with Alzheimer's disease and advocacy and so much more. Today I'm thrilled to have on the show Jay Allen. Now, if you're like me, you might not have known Jay unless you were watching The Voice. He's been a singer-songwriter for years, but again, I I personally didn't know of his music until he sang a song that went viral called Blank Stairs, which was written uh, for his mother who had passed away from Alzheimer's. The song, like I said, went viral. It went to over 500 million views on Facebook, and it showcased Jay's talent and dedication to raising awareness for Alzheimer's disease. As a result of his advocacy efforts, he has been involved with several international events, including the Rita Hayworth Gala, which raised over 100 million for the Alzheimer's Association and has received numerous accolades, including the Caregiver Award from the National alzheimer's association jay is set to hit the radio uh, waves with his new music in 2023 he is also a friend of our good friend kevin dill who was recently on our show talking about his life and symptoms that he deals with with living with uh lewy body dementia and his advocacy story Well, Jay, welcome to the show. I am so thrilled to have you on. I was so impressed watching you on The Voice. Your singing is absolutely magnificent. And to see what you've done um, with your journey, you know, through your mom's dementia has just been absolutely incredible. So first, I want to thank you for everything you've done because it's really, truly amazing.
3: Thank you. It's very kind of you, Lori. Thank you.
0: If we can start out with maybe giving a little bit of background about your mom's story with dementia and, and how it affected you and and others in your family, and of course your mom. So
3: uh, let's uh, reel it all the way back. Um, you, know, I've, you know, I've told this story so many times, but it always seems fresh and new every time I say it. And it, it always takes me right back to that first phone call from my father. Um, I'd been in Nashville for quite a few years already, and uh, I'm from a little town in Iowa. So dad called me from Iowa, and he said, Jay, I feel like it's my obligation as your dad um, to let you know what happened this morning. Your mom has been going to the same place of work for years and years and years. She called me this morning because she had pulled over on the side of the road, and she didn't know where she was going. She was bawling her eyes out. She said, please take me up. And I said, man, that uh, what? I, you know, I was, I was just like, what? Well, what happened? And uh, he goes, "I think she's been struggling with some, you know, form of dementia." And I was like, "Wow, okay." Well, it, and immediately clicked because, you know, she uh, we had noticed signs, you know, early on, um, but we really didn't take it seriously. We weren't really educated on what dementia or Alzheimer's was. So she was officially diagnosed with what's called early onset Alzheimer's when she was 51 years old. It took her life very quickly. It was two years and nine months for us. So. In a matter of you know less than three years, I saw my my fifty year old mother age what seemed like thirty years um it just uh it it took it took her life from her. They call it the longest goodbye for a reason it really is a you know a farewell you know once and then you know then you have to say it again when their physical body passes so the next phone call, I'll never forget my dad said again, I feel like it's my obligation to make sure that you get time with your mother before this progresses any farther um we're about six months in. He made the trip from small town Iowa to Nashville. Uh, she was terrified to travel. He finally, you know, got her comfortable enough to get in her car and drove 10 and a half hours to Nashville. I was the oldest um, child and I was the only son. My mother raised me like I was not only the center of her world, but the center of the world. I was a, a very uh, loved child and I felt that from from the very beginning and uh, so to have you know her walk in the door and I hadn't seen her for a couple years at this point but for the walk in the door of my home and expecting you know there's there's never going to be a person that looks at you like your mother looks at you and to expect that look and to not receive it uh just to see her look at me like who am I you know like who are you you're a stranger she looked directly through me like I was a ghost it broke something inside of me, I'll be honest. Uh, it really it really uh, devastated me. And, uh, you know, we have the option where it's fight or flight. And I'm always fight. In that moment, I was flight. Um, I told dad, I, I said, I don't know what this is. We got to get out of here, man. Let's go dancing, whatever. So he got my mama dolled up. We took her to a well-known venue in Nashville and uh, heard about the power of music my whole life. Never experienced it. I thought I had. I was a music director in mega churches. I thought I expe- had experienced the power of music fully. I had not until this moment. We took her to a well known venue called the Sutler in Nashville. Uh, I opened up the door. My mother took one step in and she saw the band on stage and she heard the music. And people that have dementia, especially when they're really far into it, they have a glossy look in their eyes. They're really not there with you, they're really not present, as you know. Uh, but when she saw that band, she heard that music, suddenly uh, like it was like the veil, the curtain was raised and she had a sparkle in her eye. She wanted to go inside and she was trying to talk and she was so excited and being the oldest, I've always been a fixer. So I took advantage of that moment. I grabbed her by the hand, I pulled her into the venue, right in front of the stage, in front of everyone. I started dancing with my mom. I knew I had her back for a second. I didn't know how, but I was going to take full advantage of that moment and, uh, we started slow dancing to a fast song, and uh, I felt, uh, I just felt her really lean in and take a breath and grab me. She just whispered in my ear, oh, I've missed you, and I love you. I love you, Jay. And uh, for a split second, I saw the mom that I always knew, and I felt her with me, and uh, that quickly went away when we sat down, but uh, that's what inspired me to write a song called Blank Stairs. And uh, it really was a positive thing for me. It was immediately like, gosh, my mother would have done anything for me. So I have the ability to uh, share my voice and write songs. So what better way to try to help her than to write a song about it? And uh, very quickly, it just, it caught on. It was one of those things you can never plan. Uh, You can never predetermine. It was just God's will, I believe, that this song was supposed to be heard and not only help me and my family, but help a lot of people. So... Something that was the most devastating, saddest, the most painful thing to me turned into a really, truly beautiful thing and it gave me a purpose to my life and my artistry. And, uh, you know, I got to go on The Voice and share that I thought we'd help, been a, you know, be a part of raising $50 million to help fight against Alzheimer's. But we actually found out it was $100 million and uh, it's just uh, it's continued to be a passion for me. But then it, it led to the what's next. So. I got to go on this show and hit the refresh button on my life and my career, you know, and uh, I'm about to announce something really cool that just happened and I- I'm about ready to get to show the kind of what's next, the kind of after the grieving part in my life and I'm a dude that's actually very lighthearted and fun in life of the party. I'm covered in tattoos, I have a five-piece band and we rock and roll and it's a really fun show. And not a lot of people know that unless you come to my show, uh, but the what's next and all the all the music that we're about to release is going to show that and That was really what the next song, No Prayer Like Mamas, was. I I released a song right after the voice called No Present Like the Time, which was kind of, you know, for me, it was what I learned from losing someone. And that's take the phone call if mama or dad calls. Don't hold a grudge. Um, You know, don't take for granted all the little things in life and all the relationships and opportunities we've been given because you only really get one spin around this rock, as you know, and life is very fleeting and time is short. And then and then I had uh, one last song I wanted to share about um, kind of getting through the grieving process and coming out strong. And that was No Prayer Like Mama's." And the concept was I have a really deep faith, and I finally chose to truly believe that my mom did go to heaven. And there was a purpose for her life, and she is still with me, even though that was really hard and really sad. And it will always be a painful memory for me. It's also... A beautiful thing to believe that she's where she's supposed to be and she's home and she can still think of me from heaven she can still pray for me from heaven she can still guide my life as my mother uh from heaven so that's really what i wanted to say and kind of almost put the nail in the coffin per se uh to kind of like wrap that part of my life and my story and but still continue on and to do great things i'll always be an advocate every every show that i've play will probably have, you know, be tied to giving back towards the cause. Um, But it was really about the what's next, you know, and being thankful for that, for that story and that part of my life.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting with your story. You, You talked about that first call from your dad about your mom getting lost. My mom did the same thing. I mean, and she, you know, she could get around anywhere and then to just be that devastated and that, I I don't know what to do. I I don't know who to ask. I I don't know. I mean, there was just, there was no way for her to get out of that spot. Um, And then when you were talking about her being fearful of travel, there's so many things that people don't understand with this disease. And um, one of the things I'm going to just take the opportunity to to bring up, it wasn't planned, but, um, you know, with Bruce Willis, I know the family has asked for the paparazzi to just kind of leave us alone. And they don 't understand that everybody goes through this disease on a real different journey, and noise and flashes and and mobs of people can scare a lot a lot of people and you know if you really respect someone 's journey, allow them to do like what you did. you know watch those moments where you got up and you danced with your mom don 't kill that moment don't don 't take that away from. From the person don 't take that away from the family, but allow those things to happen and focus stories on those moments of joy i don 't know about you, but uh, you know with with my journey with my mom of thirty years i didn 't know there were so many levels of unconditional love i didn 't know how peaceful and small a moment of joy could be. You know, I kind of thought I felt that when i when I got married and then when I had a baby. But there's just so many levels of connection that you know we overlook in our fast-paced lives, trying to get the the big story or the big picture or looking you know keeping up with the Joneses type thing. With your mom, were there things uh, for her that were difficult? Like you you mentioned travel, um, did she have trouble with noise or or crowds or things like that? I mean, I I saw her up on stage and I was like, good for you. And she was having a good time. And
3: yeah, that was so that was a very conflicted voice because we were obviously aware that she would get overwhelmed easily Mm -hmm. in environments like that. So um, but, you know, I had gotten to a point where, okay, I was sharing this song on stages. We literally put on we'd open up for every country act there was travel the country. We put on these parties. And then at the end of my show, I would share this story and sing this song. And sometimes a lot of the times it would connect, but there's other times where it just wouldn't, you know, people are rowdy and drinking and enjoying themselves. And the last thing they want to do is hear about that story, even though there was a beautiful light at the end of the tunnel. Um, So I thought, man, uh, what better way I can talk Tom blue in the face, uh, but what better way to really impact people than to show them what this is and stop them in their tracks. So I had the conversation with my dad, and I, I shared my idea with him, and he was all in. I said, well, how about this? Uh, we'll put her si- side stage. You two will be side stage for my show. You watch the whole show. When I get towards the end of the concert, I'll look at you. You give me the nod. You mm-hmm. let me know they are or not. And I remember the first time we did this, I look over side stage, and my mama's beaming, smiling, tapping her foot, bobbing her head, and my dad's like, yeah, she's good. So we grabbed <laughs> her out there and uh, wrapped uh, my arms around her and hers around mine and everyone went dead silent. And at that moment, like I I was definitely cautious for her and guarding her, but I was so thankful we made that choice to do that. And that's really where this story all began. No. So, um, but yeah, there was some very, very tricky moments. There's one time where we did this and I got to the end of the show, we were opening up for Cole Swindell uh, in the, I think it was like Dubuque, Iowa, or something like that, in front of thousands of. people. And we get towards the end of the show, and I look side stage. And my parents aren't there. I'm like, "Oh shoot!" So I turn around, I look at my band. They're like, "We don't know." I get on my, I pull out my phone from thousands of people with my back turned, and I had all these texts and phone calls from my dad. He was at security, and uh, the buyer for the event had forgot to alert security to let my parents in. They were. He didn't have a ticket. They wouldn't let him in. He couldn't prove that I was their son. So I get on the mic. I go, hey, y'all. I shushed him. It was like 5,000 people. I shushed this whole crowd and said, at this point in the concert, I want to talk about my mama who's really sick. She happens to be here, but she can't get to the stage because she's stuck at security right now. Can you do me a favor and part the Red Sea and let her walk down the middle? They did. They went dead quiet. Part of the whole crowd, security escorted her and my dad down front. And when I got, there was stairs that walked down from the stage right down to the ground. And when I saw her, she was a mess. I mean, she was terrified, so overwhelmed, like what we were talking about. Um, But again, so glad I did it, because when I walked down and met her down on the end of those steps, she saw me and something clicked and she knew who I was for the first time in a while. And all that went away in another beautiful moment, you know, and so... It's things that definitely, you know, when I talk to people about how do you navigate this, I feel like it's case by case. You definitely have to feel like one scenario and every person is wired differently and it's going to respond differently and progress slower, or quicker. So, you know, it's different for everyone. For us, it was it was definitely like we knew we had to do this. We felt obligated, you know, to share this story and to put it in the spotlight. Uh, Also, like, dang, it was we also had to take care of mama and take care of her heart. So it was tricky for sure.
0: Wow. And what a neat thing for the crowd to be able to be part of that, connecting the two of you. Um, But it's just, it's so amazing because sometimes you turn on the news and you think, is there any compassion left in this world (laughs) at all? (laughs) Are people going to work together to lift one another up? And there's moments like that, that, you know, should be played over and over and over again for people to go look at us working together to make this moment. Cause not only did You and your mom, you know, have that moment of connection, but everybody in the audience, I mean, I'm sitting here fighting back tears, just listening to the story of how powerful that is in, and then also, you know, I think one of the things that dementia teaches you too is you know, being spontaneous, like what the heck do I do now? You're know, you flipping through your phone and it's like, okay, I'm going to make a call good, bad, or ugly. We're going for it. We're all in and we're going to see what happens, but I'm going to make the best judgment I can. And, you know, we all try to control things up one side and down the other. And bottom line, we can't, and we have to have faith in terms of what we're doing. And I don't think there's anything more powerful than sharing personal stories you know, to get people connected. I mean, that's why I started Alzheimer Speaks. My mom um, has been gone since 2014. And I started this in 2009. but, you know, had lived with the disease for 30 years. And back then there, there wasn't much for resources at all. If you walked out of the doctor's office, even with the phone number to the Alzheimer's association, you were really lucky. And some people are still experiencing that today, you know, we've got to have more resources and and, and um, tools and products to support us. And I think one of the most powerful, again, is personal stories. So you don't have to be a J to share your story. Every story has value and it can impact others. So don't be shy about that because we're also, you know, if we don't put a spotlight on this, we're never, ever going to get the services, products and tools and resources we need. So it, it's it's very, very important um, to do that. So how cool is that? When you were talking about the power of music too, I'm going to give um, just a plug for a, a film that was made called, it was originally called uh, His Neighbor Phil. It's now called A Timeless Love. And that show kind of depicts that music connection. It shows how all the different family members kind of come together in their own way, trying to help. And sometimes there's, you know, the siblings will squabble and the different people in the family because they're on different pages and stuff like that. But those, you know, that connection of music is so powerful. And, you know, what you do for a living, I think so many of us take for granted what that does for us on a daily basis because we always have the radio on or, you know, we're listening to tunes, but we don't really consciously process how it affects us emotionally, you know how a song can trigger happiness and joy or sadness or whatever. And so I think that that is um, a real important piece of this too. This isn't power of music isn't just for somebody with dementia. You know, it's for it's for all of us. And to share your story of your journey through these different songs, um, I think is absolutely fantastic in fact you know i'd like to play the song no no prayer like mamas and then we'll come back and talk about that okay
1: ain't no prayer like mama's when it's your turn up to bed and she knows it's only little league but she knows you want it bad And when you get a little older And you're out a little late She'll bang God dear all night long Till you get back home safe All those hallelujah, amens Crying on her knees Saying grace at dinner time And telling God her dreams She's an angel, she's a saint I'm telling y'all they ain't no prayer like mama's, ain't no prayer like mama's, when it's a prayer for the girl, that'll make a baby happy, that's gonna be his whole world, she'll know the Lord was listening, cause she can't help but smile, when she sees that answered prayer, walking down the aisle, all those hungers. time and telling God her dreams. She's an angel, she's a saint. I'm telling y'all there ain't no prayer like mom's Ain't no prayer like mama's when she walks the streets of gold. Still praying for her babies Kneeling at his throne I know she's looking down And I know she's all healed now But she's singing out amazing grace And oh how sweet the sound Of those hallelujah amens Crying on her knees Saying grace at dinner time And telling God the grace She's an angel, she's a saint I'm telling y'all there ain't no prayer like mama's. Now she's watching over us. I'm telling y'all there's just no prayer like mama's.
0: So, Jay, that song, No Prayer Like Mama's, is really powerful. Can you, I know you had mentioned earlier, you know, it kind of came to you towards the end of your healing journey and I think we're always going to be healing through this process but it was one more step how did that come to you does does stuff just come or like I get stuff in dreams and and then I know like don't go to bed because you're not going to sleep because it's going to spin in your head (laughs) till you write it down or you know does it channel to you or do you have to really work at it?
3: Yeah. So, I, you know, when I first moved to Nashville, I would signed a publishing deal and I signed a, a couple of publishing deals since. And basically, you sign on with the company and they book your writing sessions and you're kind of, in a way, forced to write and to create ideas every day, which uh, turned me into a songwriter. And I'm thankful that, for that. You know, it massaged a skill that I had and it helped me hone a craft uh, but now I've gotten to a point where I have decided to only sit down and invest in a moment to write a song when I moved to do so when I feel like something been laid upon my heart and i have there's there's nothing stopping me. I have to get it out and that happened with no prayer like mama's um, Kylie my uh my wife Kylie Morgan, she actually and made friends with this uh, this guy named Justin Morgan. He's actually a Christian songwriter mm-hmm. in Nashville. And uh, the last several years, I've written with guys that specifically, you know, um, have experience with writing country music. I would never really spent the time with Christian songwriters, which is really where my foundation lies, you know, is in my faith. Um, so I started writing with guys like that. And I took this right with Justin Morgan. And uh, he goes, Jay, I'm sure you get pitched ideas to write mom songs all the time. And I said, well, yeah. He goes, well, how about we just write about your healing process today? Mm-hmm. You know, how, I feel like you've gotten to a good place with being on The Voice. And you're kind of telling, you know, you're telling the what's next, like how you've gotten through the grieving process and coming out alive and strong and better. And uh, I was like, yeah, there's no prayer like mom was still praying for me from heaven that's how I get through and he was like that's it he goes no prayer like moms and uh so we just started writing kind of the sequence you know for me you know I envisioned. we just shot a music video for this song and I cannot wait to share it it is uh one of the most emotional experiences of my life to shoot and film this music video but we shot it in sequence where you know it starts with a mother's love is really um you know when she has a child She can't help it. It's ingrained in her. She is forever thinking about and praying for her child and taking care of her child. You know, so for me, I envision like t-ball or whatever sport your young child is in. You know that the mother is cheering her her child on, praying for him to do well, uh, like the biggest cheerleader. And then it's like gets a little older. Mom was the one waiting at home, waiting for that phone call, like, where's my son, you know, and then, you know, praying him home almost every night, you know, which are the moments for me, I know, as a young man, I took for granted knowing that I had a mother at home waiting for me, which is such a beautiful thing. And then for me, the next, you know, the next verse was, I just got married, you know, and I remember uh, breakups, you know, when I was a child, and I thought they were, as a teenager, I thought it was like the end of the world, and even though my mother was older and mature. And knew it wasn't the end of the world. She held my hand all the way through those moments. And she prayed me through those moments. And she told me one day, you're going to find your wife, she truly believed in it. And she prayed for that person, that God would bring me that life partner, because life is so much bigger than yourself. It's sharing your life with someone. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people. And so that was, you know, I just recently got married to Kylie. And, I've, you know, it was like, I wanted to almost in my mind envision that my mother was there that day. And then the last for me. The last verse was, you know, I truly believe in my heart of hearts. It took me a long time to actually truly believe this. I, I believe that my mother entered through the gates of heaven and she found her forever home. And she's still thinking of me from heaven. She still has, a, you know, in a way, is guiding me through my life, especially the story that we've shared. There has become a foundation for me, giving me purpose. And so it it was a story of understanding what what the role of a mother or even a father is, and uh, going through a life with them, looking back and reflecting on how much they love you and respecting that. And then also, if you've experienced the loss of a parent to be like, hey, you know, I, you know, it's okay to truly move on, you know, and even though you're always gonna grieve and miss them and, and look forward to seeing them again. It's okay to move on and be better from that experience of loss. And so that's really what "No Prayer Like Mamas" is. And it was it was very, surprisingly very easy to write. It came out in a couple hours. We tracked it that day. You know, it was a it was like man, if it was that easy to write, it must be true. You know, so um, I've seen I I did a really soft release on it, but I'm gonna do a big uh music video release on and i think the video is going to be the thing that really shows the power behind this song so i'm excited to share
0: well and what's so cool too is the song is much bigger than just dementia you know and i i always say what's good for dementia is good for all the world i mean there's so many lessons that are wrapped into it and that grieving process can be really 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 tough i have a thing Um, When I I do speaking, I call um, tears, fears, and and enjoy. And I always ask my audience, what do you want in life? And of course, everybody wants joy. So, well, let's look back and kind of analyze these things. And, you know, the tears are about the grief. And, you know, you can really spin yourself down the hole really quickly. I mean, grief can just overcome you and everybody processes it differently, as you well know. Um, I'm sure you saw that even within your own family everybody processing the grief and the loss of your mom um, multiple times through this disease, because you don't just lose them, you know, that one time. But one of the things that came to me was that you can't have great grief without first having great love. And, And that's what your story is all about. This great love, this connection, this Um, unconditional love of no matter where you are out there at night I want you still home safe with me (laughs) you know and all of those all of those stages of life of just having that is somebody who believes in you somebody who loves you somebody who you know has your back and sad to say not like you said not everybody in the world has that but I think it can also give hope to those that don't have that it's possible you know again by by sharing that story and. And I think it also, that story hopefully will help others just appreciate what they have today, you know, before they lose something as well. And I just think that that is, is, is so important. One question I, I did want to ask you, because a lot of people ask this question when, when one person in the family has dementia, were there others in, you know, relatives and family members that had dementia that you're, that you're aware of?
3: Yeah. So, you know, once this happened to us, we, I I mean, I, I took myself to school. I educated myself as possible. You know, you read every article, like, you know, you know, I partnered with the national Alzheimer's association and started doing several events with them, just listening to all the speakers at the galas. And I did everything I could to educate myself. And I, you know, one, that was one of my first questions, you know, uh, who in our, in the history of our family, well, And looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it was the oldest female in every generation of our family, you know, so not every, uh, I don't think every family has a sequence like that, but for ours, it's really interesting and obviously uh, a scary thing for, because I have two little sisters. So the oldest sister, uh, which would be the middle child, she is terrified that she's next, you know, and uh, it's pretty obvious that if any of us are going to you know get this disease it's going to be her so we do everything in our power to support her and to love her and um she does everything in her power to live a very healthy social uh, brain engaging life you know um yeah it's you know and and, uh, i think when a lot of people actually sit down and do the research they find out it's probably been in their lineage one way or another you know so but it's it's different for everyone
0: Yeah. And maybe called different things. I I remember when I was 13 and went with my mom and my brother to visit my great aunt in the nursing home. And, um, at that time they called them senile, you know, and she had, she had lost her mind. Those were the terms that were used. And I'll never forget the day that we went and she remembered my mom and my brother, and she didn't remember me. I was crushed because and and I was so mad it was like why is she remembering him he we have to drag him here he doesn't even want to come he could he really didn't have a relationship with my great aunt and and I remember kind of screaming at God I don't ever want anyone else to feel this pain when I look back at my life those little moments that you you know you get past but then you you look back and go wow The dots are really connected here in a lot, a lot of ways. I I know I get the question all the time. Are you going to take, you know, genetic testing to find out? And, and I have chosen not to Um, one because, and again, you know, I'm sure your sister has heard this a zillion times. Your genes aren't your destiny. There's a lot of people with those genes that, you know, it doesn't progress and stress Kicks those symptoms up, so and it's it's hard. It would be hard not to think about that. So, you know, enjoy your life for what you have today, and you know, live as healthy as you can, and you know, you can just do your best. And I love that you said, you know, the family is supporting her, you know, in this journey because there are so many families out there that um, you know it's never been documented, but they say oh, we've had a ton of people. In our family, some of them have large families and, you know, nine out of 11 will have it and it's not hit and hit and miss. I mean, you just you don't know we there's so much we don't know about this disease yet and and the true cause of it. I want to just mention to people, if you're just bopping in listening to the the show now, we are talking with Jay Allen and he's been talking about his his journey with his mother who is living with early onset and the impact that that's had on his life and his family's life, I would really recommend you go to his website, jallenofficial.com. And we're gonna um, continue talking about his advocacy. I mean, he's helped raise a hundred million dollars. This is just phenomenal in terms of his work, but music is so powerful. So please, you know, support him. He's doing great, great things. So Jay, let's talk a little bit more about your advocacy. Um, How did you, how did you get hooked up with the Alzheimer's Association? And were they the first ones that you kind of worked with?
3: Yeah. So it's, again, it's one of those things that cannot be predetermined or planned. I believe if anyone had a plan, it was, I mean, our, our God in heaven, just, you know, he uh, had designed for my life. And uh, what happened was I wrote this song, Blank Stairs. um it was for two reasons it was immediately like how do i go to war against this Mm -hmm. disease my mom let's write a song and then it became a a session of therapy for me to be honest to write this song uh but i was signed to sony at the time and we wrote this on music row and when you're signed to a publishing company when you write a song you have to turn it into your publisher so i uh it was really a song for me but i turned it in um and uh I'll never forget another phone call. It was from the head of Sony at the time. And uh, he said, Jay, I'm sitting in my office on Music Row with a couple of hit songwriters, and I, for some reason, decided to click on this song called Blank Slears. And I'm a blubbering mess in my office right now. He said, you you don't know this, but I lost my father from Alzheimer's. I was his caregiver for the last five years of his life. I know what this song is about. He goes, if you can... uh, make a promise with me that we're gonna give the proceeds back towards the cause. I would love to get this in the hands of some very important people. So before I knew it, Blank Stairs was playing all over Sirius XM radio. Um, The head event coordinator for the National Timers Association in San Jose was putting on a big gala there and reached out to us and invited me to come with my band and perform. I didn't know what a celebrity gala was back then. I called it a gala even, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we showed up. I mean, you know, I'm dressed in like skinny jeans with holes in them and my tattoos all hanging out and I'm standing in the back of this really beautiful room and everyone's in suit and ties and wearing cocktail dresses. And I was like, man, what is this? Um, And then Kimberly Paisley, Brad Paisley's wife, got on stage and I watched her, introduce me and invite me to come up and i was like oh i I mean i wasn't even prepped i had no idea what was happening i went in blind, and uh so we walked on stage and uh you know people out you know in the crowd it was like the vp of all of Amazon wide um i looked down and uh mr garth brooks was sitting in the crowd looking right at me i'm just like what the heck (laughs) I'm a normal dude. So, and uh, this happened very quickly. So I just got up there and did what I came there to do. And I honestly told this story. We sang the song and uh, it was the first time I had performed this song in this setting. And uh, I did it through tears. Um, And at the end of that song, it didn't matter. My experience was, it didn't matter who in that room was super successful. Um, how much money they had, how famous they were. At the end of that moment, we all had a common ground, and that, that was that we were losing someone to this disease, or had experienced that loss. And we all just stood and cried, and clapped, and hugged each other. And uh, that's really where it began. It just kind of spiderwebbed and escalated after that. Just um, ABC World Nightly News caught on. They aired the story. Uh People TV had me out to New York to have me on. Uh People magazine started sharing articles. I started getting phone calls from chapters all around the country. Um the song went number one on iTunes in Australia. And it just was like, oh my gosh, like here we go. And I said yes to everything. And uh I really didn't lift up my head for a long time. And uh again, you know, like a beautiful thing happened. Uh, but also lost myself a little bit never and didn't have the time to grieve and I my biggest regret is I didn't just go home and spend time with my mom you know I went to war um and uh you know what at the end of the day there are no regrets even though it's you know it feels like a regret I know it I know it was meant to be and it was my destiny and uh, it's just turned into a way of life for me um the Alzheimer's Association I, I look at them as a partner now you know I've be very good friends with them and the head event coordinator for all the national Alzheimer's association. She oversees a lot of event coordinating and PR. Her name is Jen worth. And um, now that, you know, I'm about to announce something really cool that happened after coming off the voice. And uh, I have the opportunity to now uh, take us on to country radio and to be on terrestrial country radio. And uh, we're starting the conversations with them now where, how can I, you know, I'm furthering my career as an artist and now showing like, the other, other elements of me and telling other parts of my story, but how can we continue to um, bring awareness to this and even a bigger light? You know, every time I get on an interview when I'm visiting a country radio station, uh, I'm going to talk about this. So how can we share that in, in not a forceful way, but in a kind way and to show other people that this is a real thing and it's okay to talk about your loss and it's okay to turn, turn it into something very, uh, Uh, life-changing beautiful and empowering so yeah we love them well
0: that's that's neat and i think you know even though you have some regrets of not going home doing what you did i and and i can say this pretty confidently um i still personally believe that you and your mom are greatly connected you know like when when my mom was getting ready to pass and this might sound really strange She started coming to me in dreams. And so one night about two in the morning, she's like, Hey, I'm not sticking around a lot longer. You better finish up that old bit. And so I was like, Whoa, okay, I'm at the computer. (laughs) I'm I'm working on her stuff. And then she came to me, you know, because she wasn't able to talk towards the end. Um, She came to me in another dream and said, You're not going to be here when I go. And I was like, devastated because like I'm always that person that helps people transition I mean that was I've just done that for a lot of people and I couldn't imagine not being there for my mom and wouldn't you know I have two keynotes when she is actively dying and I have to leave her and what she told me though was Lori I need to know you're going to continue doing what you're doing this was important work we did together when I was here. And I need to know you're going to continue that. And then she was always a really big advocate about um, people dealing with death. And she says, and the rest of the family needs to be part of the dying process. And if you're there, you'll just kind of take over and you'll do it and they'll let you. And, and so, you know, in her dying wish, here I am in Arizona with two keynotes. Um, I go on stage. And I had called my mom right before thinking, you know, uh, you know, still kind of check in and the, the room is packed. And, um, and I, and I go to get on stage and I actually tripped up the step. I didn't fall, but I just tripped. And when I looked up the whole room was bright white lights, like orbs everywhere. And at that moment, I didn't know if she died or if she arrived And then I did my keynote and I called back to see how she was doing. And my daughter said, mom, it was the weirdest thing. I said, what? She said, when you hung up the phone to say you were going to go speak, grandma got so hot and so red and we couldn't cool her down. We did everything you told us to do. And, and she said, but she, she started cooling down about 10 minutes before you called. And I said, that's when I got off the stage. I think there is just such a strong connection there that we don't always know. And even once she passed, our whole family got uh, the music, uh, the, the happy song by uh, Pharrell Williams, and it was and it was kind of past its peak. But everyone was sending this to our family. It was just really weird. So after you know I come home, we bury my mom, do her funeral, the whole nine yards, and I'm exhausted. I'm trying to get some sleep. And it is like the band is set up in my bedroom, mm. playing loud, loud, loud. I, I get no sleep the first night. I get no sleep the second night. The third night I go to bed, and I'm like, Mom, I understand your message. I have to figure out what makes me happy. Mm. But I got to get some sleep. And so it was almost like they were playing in a room next door. And like twice, she like peeked in and it got really loud. you know. But I think our connections are so strong. And there, and I think your mom is is always going to be with you, and always so proud of, uh, you know, my gosh, what you've accomplished in such a short period of time in terms of bringing not only awareness and raising funds, but bringing comfort and it, you know exposing the disease for what it is, and that you can still have these these strong connections. You can appreciate your life and in all it's been. You know, none of our lives are perfect, but it seems like when dementia hits and knocks on the door, we expect it to be, and we have to adjust just like we do with everything else. So I just I think that's amazing. I don't know if you've ever heard of a man called uh, Vince uh, Zangaro. He does the Alzheimer's Music Fest. His dad uh, lived with dementia. And he's a musician uh, down in I think he's in Georgia. And he does it in a couple of different states. And I was lucky enough to go to to one of his fundraisers and they do fundraising for caregiver support, which is really pretty cool. But, you know, it would be nice if we had a, we are the world type movement going for dementia as a whole to really get the support and stuff out there. So, you know, I just find this fascinating what your music has, has been able to do uh, um, is there anything else that you want to share with us about your advocacy, your life, your music? I know you've got some stuff on the brink, but you can't really tell us either. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Yeah.
3: yeah you, you know, um, I'm, I'm excited to share the what's next until you know, the other parts of the story I've been, uh, I've been so heavily uh, invested in this cause, you know, I, my if you come to my live show, I think a lot of people expect something and get something else. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have a five piece band. We're all, you know, young covered in tattoos and it's very high energy, very fun, very rock and roll, lots of covers, lots of up tempos. And I'm excited to share those types of songs, uh, and share that side of me. I also still to be an advocate for this disease. So I think there's a way to do both. I think, uh, what I'm about to share very soon um, and going to country radio this year is going to allow that, you know, where uh, I, you know, and also, you know, I, I would love to do things that aren't. So everything that I've done has been musically based, you know, I would love to start, you know, like get to go do keynotes and be a speaker. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of intrigued by that. And just to have conversations like this with, with an audience and, you know, so uh, if you know anyone that's looking for a speaker, want to do something together let me know so i'm very interested in starting to do things like that that are outside of music as well so oh wonderful
0: there'll be a lot of people that pick up on that um let me tell you and i think you know to me one of the important things and and in speaking and i know that there's a lot of speakers that will go against this but and and you've done this so well with your music be your authentic self don't let anybody steer you um How I speak, I call it emotional-based training. I want people to laugh and cry. I want them to feel the story because I think that's the only way that we that we change the path is when people really buy in. And I think what you shared with us today was absolutely beautiful and um, and very meaningful and will give a lot of people comfort and in knowing too that none of us have all the answers. None of us ever will because every person with dementia is a little bit different. Every every family. All our circumstances are different. And so being more open-minded in terms of what this can look like and how it can play out, um, because there is on the, on the downside of this disease, there are people that really judge. And for some people that speak up, even living with dementia, um, they're bullied and they're told, well, you can't have, you can't have it because you don't act like my mom or my dad or my wife or my husband and you know it it's all different it just it's all different and i think it makes us better people in terms of accepting our differences and and you know not judging and you do a beautiful job speaking so i i don't think you'll have any problems opening that door if that's that's the route you'd like to go for sure so very again thank you for your your time with us today we can't wait to see the what's next in the video when it rolls out and, and all you have going on um in wrapping up with our conversation here with with uh, jay allen it, you know it's just this is a tough subject but it, it's been really uplifting um you've filled my heart and i know that you have others out there that are listening and i'd like to ask our audience to please like click and share this episode not for Alzheimer's speaks, but for all the people that need this information. That's why Alzheimer's speaks was created. It was about connecting people to hope. So be be a hope giver. I, you know, I think they'll find a lot of hope um, in in this episode. And um, it only takes a few seconds of your time to make a difference in someone else's life. Someone who you might be really close to that hasn't disclosed to you yet what they're going through. That happens a lot out there. So. Um, Yeah, spread, spread the love, spread the knowledge and go to Jay's website. It's JayAllenOfficial.com. He has a uh, tour schedule out there. I look to see if you're in Minnesota, but you're not there. (laughs) You're not there yet, I don't think.
3: Up, uh, uh I think it's the end of July uh Spicer Minnesota.
0: Oh, okay. I missed that. Wonderful. Well, I'll see if I can if I can make that. That would be fun. And then you're on TikTok and Instagram as Jay Allen Music and also Facebook. Um kudos to you. It's consistent. So many times people don't have consistent handles out there. And then you've got your YouTube channel which is Jay Allen Official. And we're also going to connect you to the blind audition of a blank stare too, uh, because that is so powerful, but he's got, he has other songs out there as well. So again, um, Jay, thank you so much for, you know, sharing your life with us and just being such a wonderful, kind person um, to make a difference in so many people's lives.
3: Thank you, Laura. You are an absolute sweetheart. of what you're doing and your passion and the way that you can that to so many people. So thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. And hopefully I'll see you in, uh, in July. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, for our listeners again, thank you so much. Don't forget to check out alzheimer speaks.com. Uh, look at our new book, uh, Betty, the bald chicken lessons in how to care. It's a children's book. Uh, and I think the kids are going to teach us adults, a lot of beautiful lessons in how to care. Plus, we've got all those free resources that are easy for you to access
2: as well. Until next time, have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Hi,
0: I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia?